just because you took those three boxes. Okay, fine, you've got a fancy job. You don't really like it. You're working long, shitty hours. Okay, just because you've got a big house. It's lonely, you live on your own. Okay, you've got a nice car. You've got nobody to share it with. Is that really success? But I am successful in that I do what I love. I'm successful in that I actually have you know, a, a beautiful family that support me. That That's, that's success. And provided I'm consistent with all of those things and persistent with it, it should convert into the bank account somewhere down the line, right? This week on The Mob Show, I invite a good friend of mine, Genesis Ali, aka The Nutri Guy, find him on Instagram. Health and wellness is his special area of expertise. And I thought it'd be a great chance to chat to him about what is success and then seven habits of successful people. We both brought RA game to this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Mob Show. I'm Mason on Business Startups Q here. This is how I do things. Big ideas for small budgets. Let's get to it. Success is probably subjective, isn't it? It's a very subjective thing. I think we all define it in very different ways. And I guess the mistake that we make in society is defining success, which is the whole, that was the whole purpose of my post, to, to encourage people to redefine what success means to you. How that's measured, again, like I said, that's, that's subjective. You know, you could think being on a doll, successfully sign on and get your little 20 bag of weed is success. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to say otherwise? Yeah, if, that, if you die and you actually feel like you were happy, that's fine. But I will obviously pose a question, that being usually, you're not really fulfilling your deepest potential. Let's be honest, if we actually get down to the nits and crying of it, you don't think that's success. You're actually not really going into the to development. But that's what it means to you. There's certain things like, you know, in terms of universal laws, we cannot argue with. And not living up to your fullest potential, and that's a protective mechanism, really. Just because you've got your little 20 wagon over your mate who has to beg for it. You know you're not successful deep down. You're actually covering up your truest, deepest potential. It's a micro-success, isn't it? It is. Because I suppose that's the thing. Yeah, is, that, I like that. Yeah, so what I was thinking is, I was in the shower, I do a lot of my deep thinking in the shower, um, that I'm walking. But you have, I, I, the, way I, the way I thought about it earlier on is you have micro-success and macro-success. Mm-hmm. And uh, and micro success is and there's probably different variations of what is a micro. You probably have an emotional micro success, which could be uh, things that you would like to have, or aspirational micro successes like I would like to not be begging for money to get my fix. And then you've got probably physiological, it's not physiological, but kind of physiological, physical micro needs, which are scoring a hit. I love the way we're we're relating this to just being a smackhead. This is brilliant. This is the High Performance Habits podcast with the Mob Show with Genesis here. And we're talking about, (laughs) our analogy is a a crackhead uh, or smackhead. Low standards. Yeah, it's it's an easy way to explain it, isn't it? But So you've got micro successes and then you've got your macro successes. So for example, I know when I was uh, at uni and stuff, a micro success would be pulling. Yeah, getting a bird back that'd be a micro success but macro so, so small wins yeah it? small wins <laughs> yes that was a result that day but yeah, that, that, that's, that's a micro success but a macro success I suppose in terms of relationships would have been I want to get a wife or I want to get a husband whatever my sexuality is and I want to I want to have that and a family and a happy structure. That's the macro success. Yeah. And I think that's, so again, subjectively, everyone has their micro successes and their macro successes. But yeah, you're right. It kind of touches on, um, I guess, when you said micro successes, and it's like goal setting, isn't it? You have those micro goals, the short-term goals, and you have your your long-term goals, and it's, you know, they both work together. But to me, when you said that, those two are pretty much the same thing. If, If you're a goal setter, we know, isn't it, there's, like, with planning, isn't it, there's seven-day plan, there's your 30-day plan, 
your 66 day plan then there's your five year plan and and so forth isn't it yeah but on that note i did another video i talked about is a five-year plan really necessary and i concluded paradoxically it is but it isn't it is necessary because i think it motivates you it's a carrot you've got direction and purpose you know which way you're going but at the same time you can't be rigidly attached to it because probably 60 percent maybe 70 percent of what won't even work out but that's okay the point is you had something to work towards every morning you woke up you jumped out of bed with with a reason and a purpose and i think when we talk about that's another criteria you know a lot of women will judge you bro he doesn't have a five-year plan so he must be a loser i've never met one of these <laughs> although like i mean i remember those so the reason why i have uh, the business is because rachel was like you need to get actually out there and do a job that you actually are going to be going to be using your skills best at yeah i never five-year plan I thought, I thought that's what like stalin had wasn't it that's not the communists have Involves like massacring tons of people. Like, literally, my five year plan is to be successful, have a nice car, and massacre an entire section of people. That can paralyze you to a point whereby you become so pedantic about every element and stage of your life that you actually end up missing life. Yeah. Because you're so busy, it ha you become a bit of a. It has to be this way, and if this doesn't work out, because again, successful people have to be malleable. You understand that you've got to switch to adaptability, isn't it? Welcome to The Mob Show. This is Mason on Business. We're talking about high-performance habits, so I've been breaking up my podcast. Rather than doing daily little just diatribes, I thought I'd do a bit more structured weekly ones. Uh, last week, we talked about my first year in business. This week, I'm going to talk about high-performance habits. You've probably heard the book, Seven Habits of Successful People. I know Genesis has read that. I'm joined here with a good friend of mine, long-term friend, Genesis. He's also a nutrition, runs his own uh, Instagram channel, at NutriGuy. It's NutriGuy? The Nutri Guy. The Nutri Guy. And food and habits and, and healthy lifestyles are very much what he does. And I thought it would be really apt because one of the things that I've been doing very recently is... I was, well, I'll tell you the story. I told Genesis I haven't really sat down and told you it properly yet. Yeah, so this I, was quite interesting. I found it quite inspiring, to so, be honest. So, yeah. So, I was walking, listening to the pot, listening to the news the other day. I was listening to some news thing on my phone. I was going for a walk and I, I've been walking a lot lately. I was listening to about politicians and they're obviously talking about who's going to be the next Prime Minister. Mm. And I know that... Growing up as a kid, I would know my grandparents and they'd fought in wars and stuff. And these days, a lot of kids growing up don't have that around them. A lot of kids grow up and they haven't got parents who've even worked. And there's an awful lot of no um, no success around, or no, not even success. Like the, the politicians right now, none of them have done anything that's noteworthy that, that we all know about clearly. I'm sure there are politicians who've they're done not inspirational some, figures. They're not around, inspirational. Basically. And do you know what? And, and then I thought about, well, what is there that's that massive societal achievement? You think like 70 years ago, a whole nation worked together and they dug farms and they built tanks and houses and they rescue people from bomb bunkers and stuff and so people in this country have done an awful they had they had things around them that was like a sense of achievement and purpose and a, a commitment people haven't got that now and so we don't do anything as we're adults now we don't do anything in our life really that we can look back on and go i was really proud of that and i'm sure some people have that but the majority don't have things where they can go oh wow i'm really proud of what i did myself and as, as i'm older we're both in the same boat i haven't got our parents around and 
we you know when you're a kid and like your mum's like oh well done mm. you know and you, that's your you, that's, that's your win then as you're a kid but as you, as you get older and you're in your 30s you don't really get that so you don't have I don't know my dad's saying oh, oh, encouragement yeah and so and it might just be because you swam 10 metres and that was that was a big thing back then um, but that breeds self-confidence those little self-esteem wins. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's where the self-esteem comes from and so I thought I'm 37 years old now and I don't have a set set of habits you know, I, there's things I do, obviously, just without thinking. Like I get up, but my habits were bad habits, I suppose, essentially. Like, yeah. I would go to bed, the, like, after midnight, just scrolling through Netflix, trying to find something for ages. Yeah, that's another thing, watching, you know, tablet time. Stuff like, that doesn't devices. do anything. Yeah. yeah. And so, and my, I wasn't monitoring my food intake. Not that I've never been massively unhealthy, but I'd, because I was staying up late, I was snacking. Um, mm-hmm. My gym time was, and I've always been going to the gym, but it's been irregular. I had no goal, no purpose, no consistency, no, no structure, no structure. I'd hydrate with diet coke, like oh, I, so I remember this. You yeah, know, you know how bad I am. Used to guzzle literally like minimum a liter of coke a day, uh, two yeah. liters, the big bottles. Yeah, that was it. And it's, even though it was diet, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, and so I, there was lots of probably potentially potentially bad habits, and there was no real structure. I think I'm 37. I've got a kid. I'm going to bed late. My wife's going to bed hours before me. Mm. I'm snacking. I'm going to be gradually putting on pound of weight here, pound of weight there, pound of weight there. Oh, and it slowly creeps up. Slowly creeps up. You look back five years and like, how did this happen? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to you about my little belly. I got married, what, nearly four months ago? God, you've done terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already let myself go. A massive shoulders though now. But you're right. It easily happens. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's because you don't have that structure and framework. And so mm. I was, I thought, I need to give myself something that I can look on in a few years time and go wow well done David that was impressive and so I thought Do you know what I want to get back into the same physical shape I was in when I was in my late 20s mm-hmm. because then at least it means if I'm going to put weight on again it's going to I've got a bit of buffer now yeah, you do know you're coming back though you've got to check, check, check the pics out on, on his socials you are coming back I see you hopefully but the uh, and I'm still losing it but I and I thought I want to get better sleep patterns mm-hmm. and I, I always hear about these people who do the, they get up early in the morning like 5am club yeah Robin Sharma, Sharma, yeah, I think 5am club. And Goggins does it as well, like mm. Goggins, and loads of big people do it, and, and I was thinking, well, why does getting up early help? And I always, I always said, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a late worker, so I'd stay up late and I'd work late till like one, See, two in the morning. Well, you justify it to back your habit up, because you've just slipped into it and it just becomes the norm. Yeah, and then the problem is, obviously, I've got a kid, so I don't, because I go to bed late, then I'm waking up later... I'm getting into work it's a bit later. For family life no, at all. don't see my kid. Come in, back in from work late. Don't see him, and I no, just it's, thought, it's affecting your mood as well. Your hormonal balance is then affected, and yeah, nah. Getting up early, I joined the five AM club. Um, courtesy oh. of Ash, training literally six in the morning. That's a game changer. That's well, so I, I thought. I thought what I'd do is I was thinking about how many days it was took to create a habit, and you see varying numbers. The eighteen days, the one hundred and eight days. So you know, like, interestingly, that. Uh, who was it? It was actually based on a psychological study and people took the, the number 21 and decided to, to coin that nicely. But actually, if you read the study that he conducted, I can't remember his name, he said it t- that, that was that's where you start to see the changes. But yeah. well and truly, 21 is not it. I debated this as well. And you're going to tell us of the magic Well, number. yeah, so basically, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a 66-day challenge like where you do consistent habits for 66 days? I thought, I wonder if that's like a number that's relevant to anything. So I typed in 66 days habit and then it come up and it was the median number between the two swings of, of how long it takes. Mm-hmm. It varies different people yeah. um, that, that would take to create a habit. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to write 10 commandments randomly picked. I don't know why I picked 10. 10 things that I would commit to do for the next 66 days and see how that 
how that would change me. Like I'm in what day 40 now. Those habits were, for example, when drinking the house. I started drinking beer in the house. Like just randomly, rather than have water, I'd have a beer in the house. Again, so casual, isn't it? Yeah. Off one beer, one night a week. Next thing you know, you're up to four nights a week, and then it's normal. And you think these housewives you literally end up killing a bottle of wine every night, and they put on weight. And you think like so, a pound of fat is three and a half thousand calories. So if you've got a beer that's two hundred calories, you've only got to have one and a half, two of those a night for a week, and you're getting close to a pound of fat a week. I hadn't. I kept a food diary years ago when I lost weight, and I wasn't keeping a food diary. And I've read before anything that can be measured and monitored can be improved. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> Professionally speaking, get someone to do a food diary. It's another game changer. Because you start seeing it. And I've been annoying the guys in the office today, and I was like, they had a pizza for lunch, and I, don't get me wrong, I wanted to eat that pizza. It smelled amazing. Mm. But when I looked at how many ca- two and a half thousand calories for a medium pizza from Pizza Hut, how many calories do you burn running on a machine in one hour? 500-600 it just doesn't balance out no it's not worth it's it it's not worth it basically no. and so that's the thing and that's what a food diary teaches you look and you've got to have a good time you've got to have some, you've got to have some oh, downtime in moderation yeah and then I thought okay well I'll drink a gallon of water I told my sister this and she went oh well, careful you could drown I was like right you can actually drink five gallons of water a day and if you and like for my side, I'm so I was 92 kgs when I started this. I'm six foot one. I actually have three liters of water a day for my size, for my for my activity as well. So a gallon is what you can hear my cat in the background. A gallon's about four liters, depends if you're American or US. It's not that far above it. It's not, and it can be done again. Tell my clients easiest way, first thing you do when you wake up, just drink a pint of water. Usually you're already nearly hitting a third of your daily intake above the average person in a bath. That's what Sean Mendes calls it, isn't it? In a bath. Literally. And then I'll go to the gym. I'll do another litre. And it's not even nine o'clock. It can be done. It's easy. It's Drowning yourself is going to be difficult if you're going to be peeing most of this out as well. Yeah. So I um, so that's why I made all these, these, these ten things. And I thought, okay, well, how much weight do I want to lose? I want to lose about a stone. And I also worked out a stone 14 times 3,500 calories. And I just divided that by number and worked out what my daily calorie deficit needed to be over mm. that period to work that out. That's key. Yeah. It's deficit. Yeah. And it is deficit. And it is, you've got all these different diets out there, but oh. it just, you can't, it's not maintainable if you've got a... So none of them are sustainable. And also, listen, it's marketing. Whether it's Atkins, Keto, by the way, Keto, yeah, listen, unless... Regardless of what these diets are called. Spontaneous human combustion. They've linked keto to spontaneous human combustion. That, that and fires. <laughs> and old people. Fundamentally, they all are trying to get you in deficit. That is the only way to lose weight and vice versa. You want to gain it? It's all about surplus. It's I, a I simple equation. So I didn't know this, right? So I, I used to have like the Atkins diet. years When I was at uni, like, so we're talking about 17 years ago, right? Mm. And my mate was like, oh, just try the Atkins diet. It's just high protein and you cut the carbs down. And he goes, you can have as much as you like. So I was like... Okay, so I never actually went on a course. I got a book. I just was like, okay, I'll do that now. Mm-hmm. And I would be eating probably about three, four thousand calories a day of protein, thinking it's fine. It's protein. It's like no, you're still calories, still and, calories. You're, and I put weight on. And then you wonder why you, you see that. Yeah, there's that equation in terms of energy in versus energy out. That's what you have to. Doesn't matter. You could have the Mars bar diet, couldn't you? Really, you could. And that's another thing. You can lose weight eating McDonald's. You can. It's just not, if, provided you're in calorie deficit. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to pay for it in terms of body composition. You won't have as much muscle. You won't look as nice. But you can lose weight on McDonald's. You you, you can, according to the deficit rule, if yeah. you like. What else did I do? The main one really was, I, I said, right, how many hours before going to bed should you stop eating? And it was three hours. So I was like, okay, well, I want to go to bed the same day I woke up. That was, so up to 12. But I was trying to do it about 11. 
So I was going to bed about 11, therefore I stopped stop eating at 8, which meant I got mm. rid of all that evening snacking where I went off at a kilter, like smash a whole bag of chilli heat wave. Like unnecessary calories oh. that you were smashing up for no reason. Yeah. Like, actually, for no reason. Because you're killing time. You're, you're, you're hungry. You're, so, so I was... So then I would... And they, they did a test on this, actually. That if you... People who eat food in front of a TV tend to eat faster oh, and eat more. Unconscious. You ever seen people eating, watching a movie in the cinema? It's literally... Oh, like, popcorn before it even starts. When I do that, my wife tells me, are you going to stop to breathe? <laughs> I literally like... And the next thing you know, the bag of crisps is gone. Like, literally, no. In my household, this is a rule. I try to do this with my children. The TV's off when we're eating. We sit at the table and we all eat together. We actually talk about food. You're actually conscious of your chewing. It's another thing. You end up not chewing. And then you wonder why your digestion is fucked. You're not chewing because you're literally just hoofing it down. Yeah. It's, it's you know how fast eating. I eat as well. You've seen how fast I eat. Oh, I used to tell you about this. It's unconscious eating and it does actually impair your digestion. Yeah. And so I, I've... And you, you go, I'm quick, go back to that second. Going to bed at 11. And, yeah. like, and the reality was sometimes I'd sit there. So what I've been trying to do in the afternoon is I put my phone on uh, the night mode. So mm-hmm. I've got to turn the brightness up a bit. But it takes away that blue light, which means... Mm-hmm. And then what I've realised was, because I stopped eating at 8, and I was like, I don't want a snack. So I just go up to bed. And even if I was just reading the and news in bed... You know what? That's the long and short of it. Just go to bed. Wait, like, it's... When you're trying to change habits, like even with my wife, she's... This is what she's... Oh, don't really want to drink tonight and I'll be, I'll be bored or I'll be tempted etc I'm, I'm sorry G I know it's 8 o'clock I'm just going to go to bed it's the only solution just go to bed it's, and you know what it's genius so on that without going into too much detail I'm going to talk about today's topic of today's podcast and it's well I picked number 7 like I've done the 66 day things I'm just randomly going to just pick this 7 high performance habits mm. that can help you in life and business we just talked at the very beginning there you heard Genesis talking about Success is very subjective, is the right word, mm. isn't it? Subjective. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I run a business, um, I have a retail business. So, success on a micro scale, I suppose, is that uh, the shops stay open, don't get burgled, everyone's happy, we, we make money. Day to day running, yeah, it's ticking over, yeah. And uh, I go macro success is that I probably exit and I can spend time with my family and do things that reward me later on, but. There's all different types of things in your life. It could be trying to find the right job you want. It could be trying to get a promotion at work. It could be trying to start your little side hustle. It could be turning your hobby into a career. It could be any number of things. It could be good good sports. It could be losing weight. And it's not just losing weight for, oh, I want to get a six-pack because we're all going to body shame each other. It could just be because actually makes you feel better, feel healthier, Mm. reduce your risk of diabetes. You can keep buying new clothes every so often Mm -hmm. and save money that way. So... It can be internal as well, like getting a hold of your emotions and how you deal with things. It's external and internal. Definitely. So, seven high-performance habits. And you see all these books out there where they say top seven habits and there's all types out there. I brought a few to the table. G's got a few he's going to bring to the table. And uh, let's get cracking. Hopefully what we share, you can amalgamate and create your own success. Damn right. And see, this is it. Just quickly before we start as well is when I came up with my Ten Commandments... There was no set. There's not. A, there's not a law book of ten things. I just yeah. knew that. I knew there were ten things that would make me better. Like, do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna put myself out there and shame myself. One of my habits was making sure I improved my dental hygiene. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. I told my wife this, and she mm-hmm. went, "You're disgusting." <laughs> I sometimes will neglect brushing my teeth before I go to bed, and I just have some mouthwash and go to bed. Put it out there. Full <laughs> shame. Full disclosure. Right. You animal. Right. And she was like, "You're disgusting." <laughs> I wonder your breath spot in the morning. Hey, listen, I think we've all done it sometimes, come on. Ah, oh, so, but there you go. So there you go, I've shamed myself on that. But anyway, we're going to get cracking. I'm just going to get myself a drink ready, get myself set up, and then we'll get started with the show. 
We are live. Okay. <laughs> it's seventy-seven. <laughs> it's seventy-seven minutes past six. Uh, we're here. So seven high-performance habits. Just while we're getting ready for this, G uh, did tell me actually that's already a book out there um, called High Performance Habits. I haven't read it. I haven't leaked anything from it. I can assure you, uh, but I probably will check it out. I love an audio book. Um, so I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to do a bounce backwards and forwards. This is what I brought to the table, G. Mm. Um, I my first habit is I mentioned it briefly already. It's a food diary. And I heard a phrase a while back, which was anything that can be measured and monitored can be improved. Mm. I use that in business as well, looking at like stats and stuff. And I found that from keeping a food diary, being able to monitor the actual, you're not always going to get spot on. You, you go to like a, um, a cafe and you go, okay, well, like two pieces of bread. You don't know which bread's going to be, but you can get a rough idea. And you don't want to get pedantic. You're not training for a competition. Exactly. You're not asking to walk around and put all the scales and way up everything but I think really you're leaning up to the it's like accountability yeah in terms of what's going on yeah and that's the thing and it's so having a food diary for me is um, it tells me what, I, what I'm consuming so the best thing is, is it means I love uh, my biggest weakness and it's a pathetic weakness actually probably for some people it's those chocolate covered rice cakes is that your guilty pleasure oh I love them mate I love them white chocolate yeah that's the yogurt. That's not chocolate. That's the yogurt, yeah, but it tastes like chocolate. It does taste like chocolate. I quite like the dark chocolate ones because I feel like that's partially healthy. And it is. Is it seventy percent? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um, is it the cow cow or cacao? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so I've been keeping a food diary, and that's helped me know exactly what I've been taking in every single day. Which means I, where I want to have a calorie deficit to lose weight, because that's what the way to lose weight is a calorie deficit. I've been able to go. Well, actually, hang on. And I'm, how I'm monitoring, actually, just to show, I've got a Fitbit. I know they're not super accurate. Oh. They're not super accurate. No, they're not. But then sometimes it goes both ways. They're not always going to overestimate. Someone's going to underestimate. I did a, yeah. I did a massive uh, hit workout for about an hour or so in the gym doing legs the other day. And it came up on my watch as 200 calories. And I was like, I know that I've definitely burned more like 600, 700 calories then. But I said, hey, you know what? It's 200 calories. And so I ended up not doing a 750 calorie deficit that day, probably been a 1,000 calorie deficit. Now, this is not probably the best way of doing things. I'm probably undermining myself straight away. But keeping a food diary, accountability, it, it's helped no end. Look, it is. And professionally speaking, I see how that's probably one of the, the most fundamental elements of the work I do with my clients, a food diary. And it's amazing how their diet just changes magically when they start actually keeping a food diary i'm like when they come and present me with their food diary i'm like yeah but can you tell me what you were eating before you started the food diary what were you eating like last week because now you're you're you're, you're keeping the food diary i see the changes happening in your diet already because the first day you realized wow like i either eat a lot or i don't eat enough or i'm eating a lot of crap it's very unconscious behavior effectively it's, it's interesting when you see what you're doing like you said, how are you going to measure it? Like, how are you going to be in deficit if you don't even know what you've eaten? Exactly. It's, it's quite common yeah. sense, really, on, on, on that level. And I think doing that then led me to doing the whole stop eating three hours before bed. And it got, it got me thinking, okay, like when should I stop eating before bed? Um, so adding structure, didn't you, to, 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 to what you were doing? Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. And so then, and I know, we all know that, you know, when, you, when you've got like norovirus or something mm. and you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, actually, I feel quite lean. Nice. I feel quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bad, isn't it? Um, but Best I, way to lose a diet, get norovirus. Yeah, um, but I that got me doing that, and it got because I I then wanted to have some fun things in my diet. People talk about a cheat day. You, you want to be able to have flexibility in your diet because you've created the space. The way I look at it with a food diary is food is a currency, mm-hmm. and I've got X amount of pounds to spend, mm-hmm. and I want to use them in a way that I want to use them. 
So Food Diaries helped me with that massively. Yeah, stopping eating three hours before bed, 99% of the time. I've lost, I started this doing this, I was 92 kg. I weighed myself today, I was 85 and a half kg. It's been about 40 days. 40 days, I've lost a stone of weight. And that's you know, transformative of how my shape is and how I'm actually thinking as well. That's pretty good. And also that will be sustainable by the sounds of it because not once did you mention part of keeping your food diary was actually crash dieting or anything it was just getting yourself a deficit and we get ourselves a deficit a lot of time it's kind of like the intermittent fasting yeah you kind of had a window you said you were now conscious of what time should i stop eating that creates a fasting window effectively yeah if you stop eating at nine or ten o'clock that fasting window in comparison to when you eat in the morning is, is less. You're actually widening that, that gap when it comes in. But that's the thing. is, I know some people look at intermittent fasting and they go, well, I'm going to lose weight because I'm fasting intermittently. And it's like, But you can still end up going, if you're not keeping a food diary, you can still go over your calorie allowance in the day. because within that short window, if you're going out on dense calorie And I did foods, that. And then you wonder why. Yeah, I, I did that in that kind of... And I've, I've been training and eating well... well well, not eating well time, but I've been doing that for many years and I still fall into those traps and it's easy for someone who perhaps hasn't got that same... Oh, it's easy. The best of us, listen, me even as a professional now, I'm currently in, you know, that bulk phase and I'm... Bulk phase. The, 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 the pitfalls, you even mentioned... Fun how, phase. Like when you were studying and someone said, Atkins, high protein, that will help you lose weight. So you had a whole load of protein not realising that it's still calories. Yeah. So having a food diary has been massive and it's given me a discipline that I've done every single day and I've not been 100% accurate to it but I've been as true as I could possibly be to it if that makes sense so yeah. I'm not going to know always what's in the Greg's uh, yoghurt but I'm going to know no, that roughly you know, like I said you're not you're not a bodybuilding guy who's got an upcoming competition but it's it's given you a good guideline and it's it's actually bringing consciousness and awareness to, to what you're eating yeah. is what I find because you know, a lot of people are basically unconscious eaters we talked about you know when you're having that when you're watching TV and you just literally go in that bag you feel the bottom of the bag and it's all gone it's a thousand calories and you're going to feel bad for having done that you see and then when you write that in the diary you will look back on that tomorrow you'll be like Ooh, and that's, that, that's that, not going to happen again exactly and I think that's the I'm looking forward to when I don't have to have as big a calorie deficit like a, a 10 calorie a day deficit but I think having and some people I think they find it a bit of a chore to have to do it it's easy doing a Fitbit I don't use I, there's that MyFitnessPal and I've never really got on with that it's a bit like using like Windows on your it's, phone it's, it's quite I mean I, I use that for my clients to, to when I'm doing something macro specific for them but that's what I get paid to do when I expect the average person to do that because it's interesting there's an article recently literally uh, a couple of days ago that was talking about how all of these apps can potentially actually encourage eating disorders reasons so that's why i'm glad you're not pedantic with 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 it all yeah it's just a guideline and the thing is like with anything if you're not used to doing it it's going to take a while this is what the whole success habits is all about once they become a habit they become second nature and you will get to a point whereby with the, the eating you won't necessarily need a food diary you will be able to eyeball your food and pretty much know this is what this is this is what that is that's what that is and you will generally know it'll take a while but it will become habit it's, you know, it's, it's a good little memory exercise as well. But I think the best way is if you run a business and you, you know, you perhaps you burnt the candle at both ends and you, you want to lose a bit of weight, you could probably agree with me right now that if you ran your business without ever looking at the accounts or ever looking at the numbers or the figures, you're going to just drive straight into a wall. And it, and it's the same with your food. So that's that's my first habit is keep a food diary because the things that have come off of that have been have been. That's true. Me. And to link that back to business, if you like, because there might be people listening thinking food diary, I'm not trying to really lose weight, mate. But that 
actually you are what you eat and you know to be successful you have to make sure your mental aptitude is on point your body has to be on point because i don't think i've ever found a truly successful person who literally is looking like they're about to break down i don't think those two go hand in hand no i think how are you gonna perform highly if you're not looking after yourself and i guess the food diary is about you eating more this is that's an interesting thing because they always talk about how obesity is often linked to lower social economic standing and then they then say therefore that making putting things like sugar taxes on is is oppressive to them but it's funny because it's like the whole causation correlation maybe the lack of discipline in one area there's, there's that phrase in it how you do anything is how you do everything if you have a complete lack of interest or care or focus over what goes in your mouth in your body empowers you there's no discipline and the thing is look at athletes they're a classic example you know my wife she's a dancer trained professionally from a very young age there's a common trait with these successful people discipline and discipline it starts off on the track when they're running but it spreads into the rest of your life is something I've noticed that's one thing I wish I had growing up when I was younger something some passion or something that I followed through from my age because it would have taught me discipline and that discipline like I said it just spreads into the rest of your life is, is what I think so yeah I like that keeping a, keeping a food diary naturally by profession I know about that one yeah so um, just again that's at the Nutri Guy if you want to ask questions uh, to Genesis directly on his Instagram. So use this um, food diary. See, my one. Number two. Number two, high performance habits. High performance. Um, why? Why is a big one? Why? 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 You have to know your why. I think that's 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 a really important one because it sets the tone for everything you you're gonna do. Like, why are you doing it? Because I find like I use again my profession as an example. Someone's trying to lose weight. If their why is weak, nine times out of ten, the the, the, the chances of success are actually reduced in correlation to 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 the why. If your why, as I mentioned earlier, is I just want to, you know, slip into a size 8 dress for the next holiday to Marbs, that's quite weak in comparison to if you're potentially going to get a heart attack or you can't conceive, for example. That's a stronger why. You're more inclined to what you succeed. Explain, explain why that's a, someone, someone who perhaps doesn't understand why that is. So when I say why, why, um, okay, so why, explain perhaps why slipping into a size 8 dress. Love to. <laughs> I'm a horrible thought right now, you in a size 8 dress. <laughs> So for those, um, some people might think, oh, hang on, that's just you being, are you just slut-shaming me? What, why is a short-term no, it's why? A shit. That's, that's, that's short-term. It's not a strong enough goal in terms of your subconscious and how well you take to that idea, how well you're motivated. Effective. That's what it is. The stronger the why, the more motivated you are. When times get hard, and they will, especially when you're trying to attain a certain goal, whether it be weight loss or business, etc., times will get hard. And if your why is weak, you know, if you were trying to start a business because you want to look good for your friends, that's a really weak why. And when you hit a brick wall, you're going to buckle. But if your why is really strong, I need this business to be successful because I've got to feed my family, and you come against obstacle and no odds, you will find a way around that brick wall rather than just give up because you came up against a brick wall. Yeah, I guess as well, one of the other problems with it is if, if you give any, like anything, if you said to someone... Uh, I want you to do this, but I'm only going to give you a week to do it. Or you say, I want you to do this, but I'm going to give you three years to do it in. You're giving someone more time to achieve that thing. So that was naturally, there's there's a longer time horizon to do something. But it. also, it then becomes more of a habit, becomes more sustainable, I suppose, as well. And it builds in. And I think, again, with, with the why, like, why are you doing it? What's what's your purpose? What, what, what are you connecting with it? What you know? And to answer your why, you have to ask yourself, what makes me feel good? What makes me, what makes me happy? I talked earlier about the... The maxim, know thyself. You know yourself, you know what's motivating you, you understand why. And that's a 
really different driving force you know that no that's a, that's a very old statement and for a very good reason you know this was like you know old ancient great times they were talking about this I and mean, then you got little old me 2019 saying the same words there's a reason why they have lasted the test of time as it were you you must know that self and to know that self connects you with your with your why the stronger the why the more likely you are to succeed simple as and I feel like me personally, in my life, I have a strong why. My why is, is my purpose. And my purpose is to give, to, 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 to help others. My why is my children, my family. Not just to financially support them, but to, to help them be you know, better versions of themselves. I'm not trying to live vicariously through them and, and give them the things I never had and all of that. That's, that's, I don't care about that. That was my story. Their story is different because there's a tendency to do that. I'm, I'm doing it for my children. And that's cool. If that's, that's, that's for you. I'm trying to transcend that personally. And... I'm trying to support their why, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that does make sense. That's, that's, I mean, your, your story is incredible anyway, G. What's your why? Oh, God, you've asked me for a habit and I don't, do I have one? Um, yeah, I do. Because that's why, you, in terms of your success, isn't it? There's a reason why you are successful. There's a why behind that, isn't there? What drives you? Mine's really weird. And someone always called me up on it the other day. Is I want to... Oh, this is bad, isn't it? I do know it's, it's ridiculous. I want to have... When I was there when my mother was dying, and there's just me and my sister by her side, and we didn't have mm. a lot of family, so we've both been in, in similar horrible boats. The I wanted to have bigger structure around me. I dream of I dream of living like my nan lived, which was she'd have a, um, a party, and there'd be tons of cousins and family. So I think my why is to actually have a healthy, healthy, stable family. I think that's probably the biggest one. I've always been, I'm ambitious. I want to be successful in business because I want, I suppose, a claim. Well, why should I care what other people give me? But for me, that's my hobby. My hobby is business. So do I care if I've got multi, multi millions in the bank? Of course, I think most people, because that gives them the flexibility oh, yeah, to do stuff. This- you can't be broke at the end of the day but I don't wake up the freedom to do the things that you yeah. really want to do to but support I don't, your wife I don't wake up in the morning and go oh yes I've, if I had that I, I, doesn't, I don't wake up in the morning and think oh we had took this much money for the business yesterday so, I wouldn't be strong enough why no and, it, and it's and it, yeah and I, I get that I think for me I want to be happy and secure when I'm old and I want to be healthy and I want to live to a good age so that sounds like a legacy to yeah, me. yeah do you know what that's, that's why I say it's embarrassing because it's that kind of what is the truth is yeah, I think everybody most men feel that way it's just you're a man enough to actually admit it because yeah. it sounds it sounds narcissistic some type of way it is people, yeah but it's not well it's because my so my mother's family uh, were largely wiped out for being Jews um, in the pogroms first in the early 1900s in Romania and then with the holocaust and there was a point where loads of them went let's flee the uh, the communists and go to France mm. that seems like a safe place to be in the 1940s um, so <laughs> then, you explain it this way though there's a strong wire there yeah and I, and I, and I want to retain I want to bring that back I want to bring that back and yeah. you know what I feel the same way too because I've migrated from Africa and I've got literally a handful of family in this country and I see you know everybody else who grew up here I'm like oh wow you guys have got such a big family I want that I want to I want to be sit at a dinner when I'm seven years old and there's literally shit a lot of little grandchildren running around and I've, I've created my own family yeah my own legacy, legacy. And, and I think that's so for me that's why I say it's, some people could think oh why, why do you want to do that but I want my grandkids to go oh these opportunities were built for you by your grandfather mm. and so you can go on and do more yourself mm-hmm. I want to be able to educate and train my kids to be able to go and do what they want to do I don't want them to go I don't want George to go okay you can run my business now I want mm. George to find my dad one thing my dad always did on yeah and one thing my dad always used to let me do was he go any hobby you ever want to do go and do it 
And so I meant I was always a bit of a bit flighty, and I never really stuck at anything for too long. But I have lots of broad, in, lots of kind of not broad, but a broad range of interests. But yeah, I, I want to be seventy-five years old, sat at a table, and go, "I built this. I've done something impressive. It's not the money. It's what I've done." And I want to know that you fulfilled your potential, your greatest potential. Yeah. Which you know, in like basically, there'll be no regrets. So when I was at school, I was saying this the other day. We're doing a we're doing a video for some venture capitalists in in Canada who invest in CBD, okay. and we're making a video just for them because we're, we've got a phone call with them, and we're going to make a, we're making a video. We've already started making it. It's just for them. It's completely purely contextualized video just for them to show them that we're worth doing business with. And it, nothing may come of it, but they'll see certainly that we've gone that extra mile mm. and no one else will have done that. And when I was at school, whenever we get assignments or essays, I'd do them on the bus on the way in. And I'd get a C, C minus. I'd always get an average grade with no work. And you get some kids who can knock out an A bit of work and they just were naturally smart. But they were the minority. Majority of them had redone their work, had worked at it, the parents pushed them to do it. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't really know much about how to be better at the schoolwork side of things. Mm. And I always looked back and, and thought, I could have done better at school. I could have got, I, I could have, I could have, I could have got a better... spent that time, if you, without effort, got a BC, imagine if you actually had a really focused. I could have been an astronaut if I'd, if I'd worked harder at science, if I knew about, about science, that what it could do. And, and I think now as an adult, I try and learn from those mistakes where I was sloppy and add that extra detail in, um, and to be able to maybe perhaps create more fun opportunities when I'm older. For me, what I want to do, I want to retire young and I want to learn to sail. Mm. <laughs> but no, I can't true. do that unless I've had a successful business. And it's true. I, I feel the same way too. I don't. I don't really. I don't want millions and millions of pounds. I just want enough to truly give me the freedom to do. Yeah, you've nailed it. That's that's much better. That's 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 my why. Yeah. <laughs> my why is your why. I love that one, thank you. That, I think that's it, isn't it? It's having it's having earned enough capital or, or creating a secure enough future that I can. I like to write. I like to talk. To people, I like to talk to people about, about their businesses. Mm-hmm. So if I could do that, where I just do it for free and I can work on my family's charity and know that I'm secure enough to be able to do that for the rest of my days. That's more fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah, Those that's... The, to give you that space to do things that are truly fulfilling, to also grow. Like, this, I think this life is about growing. You only grow by experiencing challenges of new things. You know, I... There's so many things. I want to I go fencing. I want to... <laughs> you you do... reckon you'd be a great fencer. So um, G, ever since I've known him, has always considered himself to be a fantastic fencer, as in the sword fencing. He's never done it before. No, nope, I think I'm really gifted. I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done it. I know I'd be really good at it, but that's that's a luxury, you see. And I'm trying to say, you know, if I was as financially comfortable as I'd like to, I would have ticked this. This would be a different conversation. Yeah. I would, I would have showed you by now. You'd be the county champion. This county champion genesis of fencing. This is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I always say, you see, like, lack of money is actually, you know, people try and go on about, oh, be humble, you don't need money. That's a lie. Because you know what happens? It distracts you from your purpose fulfilling your, your your greatest potential because you're too busy just trying to keep the lights on yeah like you need some level of a decent amount of money to really open up doors and for you to start trying new things because otherwise you're just trapped in the rat race just trying to keep the lights on listen fuck that shit i'm not a rat <laughs> so i'm trying to be in no rat race do you know what tim ferris always said because it's um this is interesting that conversation itself like mini retirements he said everyone like saves themselves for when they're old and they're bones ache and he talks about taking mini retirements but what he actually says was why don't you work out how much money you think you'd need to be able to do that and work backwards that is actually one of again um, that's structure he talks about that you need to in terms of actually planning your success 
you just calculate how much would you need and then you start breaking that down how much would I need annually to get close to that yeah and then now we're talking then you go okay okay then now that's what I've got to get for and it's funny because I get the core questions every day come through to me as well and one of them was I've got a side hustle and I've got a, a job that I do mm-hmm. when is when do I know is the right time to quit the job Switch. and do that and it's like well how much money do you need to be able to do that that's the question you should be asking mm-hmm. and you can't ask me that you've got to ask yourself well, you, that because you know what you want to do and then when you know that answer then you know when I like that it's true. Uh, I think you answered your why there, even though it sounded hard to get there. <laughs> but we, we, we got there. But now I think good. your why is important. Know thyself. What do you want? What's your purpose? What do you want to do? What can you offer? Why? Why are you doing it? Why do you actually want it? Is it because you just want to please your mum? You want to just please your friend? You want to please your wife? That's not strong enough. Why? The why has to be directly to do with you what has to be selfish to some degree doesn't it even if it's not selfish has to, you have to start thinking the word selfish so. is always really made to be such a bad thing I think selfish is not bad the truth is we're all inherently selfish it's what true actually that's we wouldn't be otherwise would we we wouldn't no. have been, we'd died why is it when a plane's crashing the first thing they tell you to do is they'll put the mask on yourself not your child yeah that's selfish isn't screw it? little Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean sorry George <laughs> daddy's gotta breathe <laughs> daddy's <laughs> Anyway, right, so there you go, that's number two. Why? Right, my habit number three is this, it's patience. Having patience. And how can I do this? So what I've actually been doing in terms of a much more, on a, on a micro way of explaining that, is every day I do, I've got it straight out of Gary Vaynerchuk's playbook as well. I love this, patience. 10, 10 DMs every morning from my business account to maybe another business. So if I've got a product, so we've got our new CBD line, mm-hmm. and I've been messaging 10 shops anywhere around the world. And so I started off just doing all the UK ones because they speak English. So I'd be like, hi, we've got a brand new product. This is, come contextualizing this slightly, but hi, um, we've got this new product. How do I get on your shelves? What can I do to, to, to make that happen? Regards, Mason. Um, and then I sent a picture as well of how those products look on our shelves in our shops. So they can get personal touch. Yeah. So I started doing that every single day, 10, 10 a day. It takes me 10 minutes, if that. And I just copy and paste. And then you start going, okay, you get to about day three, day four, and you start going, actually, I'm going to do another version of that text. Mm-hmm. And then I'd send five of one, five of the other. And I'd start to see which Five one. Minutes, see what's going to yeah. get more hits. A, B testing. Oh, yeah. That's what's working. Yeah. yeah. And I found the one that worked more. And then you kind of run out of your localized ones. And then you start messaging in English to a Ukrainian shop. Mm-hmm. And you start doing that. And then you realize I'm better than that. And then you go to Google Translate. And it's not going to be the not best, actually. but it's better than English. It's closer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then you start writing it in Ukrainian. And then you start keeping, I keep a, um, a notes on my phone. And I've got a list of, different languages, so Portuguese, Italian, Ukraine, Russian, wherever, French, uh, German, and English. And so then I start doing it properly. So you start contextualizing it towards that the, the language, that, that language mm. which means you're already standing out more than anyone else who's doing this. And not it, shows, everyone... it shows effort because you can read whether something has had a bit of love added to it or not. Yeah, and, and often, the, I mean, so I've got a vape business and most of the messages we get on the vape account are either people asking for freebies or they're people offering me a Forex scheme. Like, as in like, oh, you can make money trading. Not many people in my industry are, are explicitly doing this DMs. So I've been doing this, I'm doing this whole thing for 66 days. In 66 days, I'll have sent 660 DMs. I have more than one Instagram account. So now I'm doing... probability, I'm exactly. sorry suggest, you know, we, We've got leads out of this. We've got leads out of this. I was about to say, in the last one, you said you were into day 40. Day 40. What's your conversion rate been like so far from these 10, 10 a day DMs? 4%, 5%? That's still... That's 
pretty decent yeah. in comparison to if you're only doing one or two of them a week. Exactly, and most people aren't Come doing that. that hustle. And so. most people, most people aren't doing it, and so then they think, oh yeah, I should do it. It's like it takes no time. I do it laying in bed about five thirty-six in the morning. It's true, even if you wanted to be lazy, you could just use a bog standard template, and you're still going to convert something off the back. Exactly, of and so then I started doing. I've been doing it to promote my podcast now. So now I'm doing like thirty DMs in the morning, right? I've got each of my accounts, and I'm doing. I'm even doing them on real micro level of the CBD shop we've got in Whitstable. And what I'm doing is I'm searching for everyone who's who's hashtagged or locationed in, in Whitstable. And I've found there the picture in order. And I've gone, like, let's pick a random name like Adam. And I've had the text that I send. And it's like, hi, Adam. We've just opened a shop nearby. I just wanted to say hello. If you ever have an interest in CBD or know a friend has, we've got a voucher code I'm going to tag on the bottom. Nothing more than that. Have a great day. Thanks for reading. And then I steal the picture of the voucher code. It's a QR code. And I'm doing 10 of those. We got, I've got a lead through on that. I've only been doing that for a few days, that one. And because I'm putting their name on there, so now I'm making... It's so personal. Listen, I get this on Insta. Hi, client. We really love your page, first of all. My name's not client. You really didn't even make the effort. They've forgotten that they haven't... Yeah. That's, that's poor. And a lot of them as well. And then you click on, and people do look at the DMs because it comes through on, and you can get, you can, you can reach some really impressive people through a DM. And then you look at the actual, the, the account that sent it, and it'll be like Alessio.1797774, and it's got no posts. Yeah. No one, that, that, and that's the next level. People are going to see, hang on, what is this that sent me this? And if your whole chain of, sort of is, it's looking like it's connecting, it's like breadcrumbs, literally. You are leading. Like I said, if you then lead me to a dead page name with no posts, you, you got me to buy it out of curiosity, but that's the end of it. Yeah, and it, it, you, you're giving a, the least possible opportunity to convert. So, But the reason why I wanted to call that patience, and patience is a major habit, is when I was 18, I thought I needed everything now. Mm. I thought I haven't got time to waste. I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30, and even that was old. And now I'm 37 years old. I'm in probably one of the best shape of my life and I don't feel that much older unless I go to a nightclub to be honest where it's full of kids I don't feel really that much older than I did when I was like 10-15 years ago I just know I'm a bit wiser and I just wish I knew what I knew now then I think also no it seems to me like you're like I said before you just wanted to be a millionaire fast but I think patience is also hoping you enjoy the journey is what I'm gathering here because you know sending these DMs you come across so many people you meet new people and there's more experience to life. There's more flavour and depth of appreciation. It's massive. So I, when I was doing the DMs for the podcast, so this here, and I've been sending, and this is a super micro just to get a listen, I've been finding you, hashtag UK Small Business. And my message is, I know we follow the same hashtag UK Small Business. So you've got a business there. Uh, I have my own. I've done retail business, blah, 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 blah. Got a podcast. Check it out. It's free, whatever. Hmm. And while I was doing that, I come across a business that had like a subscription box side of service. And I thought, that's really nice. I'm going to get in contact with them and I spoke to them and we're, we're going to send them over some product samples we have but there's a potential there to get business out of it so mm. business perpetuates business motion creates emotion or whatever and I don't know it just for me patience take your time like a lot of people look at that and go oh, I should do that but every day they waste is 10 missed opportunities to be honest with you when you told me about this it kind of inspired me and reminded me of something I can't remember where I read this like every morning I wake up and I write literally three pages, they're called morning pages, anything that comes to my mind, meditation if you like. But um, I read something about how if you wake up every morning and you write five to ten ideas on how you can improve your business, according to what you said, law of probability, a lot of them are probably going to be shitty ideas, some of them will be repetitive, but one of those will bang. Yeah. And that might just be the one. It's a numbers game. Do you know what? So do you remember the, the Super Bowl situation a couple of years ago when the lights went out? 
there was a tweet that Oreo did, right? Yes. And Oreo did yes. a tweet and it was Dunk in the Dark, right? And it was at the time the most retweeted post ever. They got more marketing value out of that than any yeah, advert in Yeah. And then everyone else think, oh, wow, they must have geniuses there. Then you go and look at Oreo's Instagram account, sorry, Twitter account. And they did a tweet about a few days beforehand that had like 20 likes. They, it's volume, persistence, and patience. Persistency, consistency. Yeah. As I like to say. And I guess, yeah, those 10 DMs, that is, you know, listen, even if you're, you're trying to woo a young lady, provided you don't sound like a creep. <laughs> 10 dick pics a day. That's, that's, that's the way to get it. Send 10 dick pics to the same girl every day. Provided you're, you're, you're smooth with it, though. You'll appreciate they love it. consistency, do you know? It's yeah. like, wow, he's really down for me. Like, yeah. I had grown up in a relationship where girls thought you weren't interested because you didn't message them or you didn't... Uh, you didn't I love attention. Yeah. And like I said, as long as it's not creepy, persistency and that consistency is like, yeah, you you're serious. Like yeah. you're really down. Even like applications, like when I used to apply for jobs prospectively, I was respect uh, respectfully annoying. Like I would always follow up. I'll send I'll send my CV through, I'll send my cover letter, and then I'll call just to, oh did you receive it? But still ask questions in context to the role. I just wanted an informal chat about the role. I wasn't quite sure about this part of the of the split. Can you just let me know this? Cool. And if I don't hear back, just I'll follow up again. It shows interest. And like I said, as long as you're not a pest, like it will, it will pay off. Flatter them. You're wooing yeah. them, aren't you? If, yeah. If, if, if it comes from an authentic place, it, like it will work. You're giving them flowers, basically. Yeah. It's um, and that's you can tell you this. If you run a business, ten DMs a day. It takes no time at all. You can do it in your bed. We live in an amazing age in that respect. I urge you all. Just to do it. Don't go, oh, yeah, we'll definitely get on to No, just do it. Just do it now. I think that's massive. The way I, I talked about contextualization, and I did a video, doing a video, obviously, and all that stuff, and I'm targeting things towards people. If you're trying to get the dream job you want, I get CVs come through, and one of the things I have in the job advert is always send a cover letter or we won't look at it. I can't tell a lot from your CV, but I can tell a lot more from how you write your cover letter. Mm. And if your cover letter isn't targeted towards me, if it's not targeted towards the job, if you don't bother reading the article to do the cover letter, you don't take the time to contextualize what your message is to me, you're not going to convert. No. It's just not going to happen, and I'm not going to look at you, and I'm going to think, if you can't make the effort to sell yourself in the best way possible, there's no way on earth you're going to sell my products well, no. so you no, ain't no, coming no. in through the door. Like, and that's what I look at. So I mean, That's true. Like with cover letters, I'll make sure... I always include either the values of the business or something that shows I have actually gone in and read about your business or I understand about it. Not just copy and paste and live shit from your website and regurgitate the same way, but... Often they don't even do that. They just... Yeah, see, at least I'll be one step ahead. Yeah. Because I showed like I'm actually making effort and I'm invested. But no, you're, you're right. You have to put it into, into context. And as we said, some of these... You know, even the automated comments and all of that, you, you don't even try and tailor your message. It can be no, all made, it goes up to everybody. Be clever and try and... I see that as well. I like those. 100 hands up. 100. Lit. Fire. Like, oh, hands up. Like, what a great pick. Like, it's not. I had that. When um, <laughs> when we uh, buried my father, when we cremated my father, uh, we had all the flowers on the, the grave and stuff. And I think, I, I don't know why I did it. I posted a picture on my on my Instagram of my dad's flowers or my mum's flowers something like that there's a reason why I did it it's quite a somber post and someone went great clouds bro and I'm just like wow that's the if you, I always say it, you know what if you walk around the high street and I go gee you can only say one sentence to a hundred people you've got to speak to a hundred people one sentence you can only say the same one sentence to every person you meet today you're going to strike out 99 and a half times out of a hundred 
if you took the time to, to contextualize your conversation five times, you probably would have a conversation more than you would otherwise have. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. Context is key. And that's what I've learned from doing the daily DMs. But my main thing, a good habit is be patient. I think our generation, definitely the millennials in particular, just we need patience. Yeah, and patience is patience. If you've got, if you've got more time to do something than someone else, you're going to win. So, I mean, people say urgency is important, but I think with these sorts of things, building a, a in business context. in context. So that's, that's mine. So we're going to take a quick break and this is going to be the end of part one. You've been fantastic. We've got G here at the Nutri Guy. His thing is all about healthy habits and food. He's a dietitian, work with the NHS. Hit him up on Instagram if you want to get food plans, advice, or just follow someone who's got some interesting content as well. But there you go. So that's end of part one of our high performance habits, top seven habits that you need to succeed in your own way in life. Join us for the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's show. Check us out online, themobshow.com. Check us on Twitter, the underscore mob show. Always chucking out bits of advice there. And follow our journey of setting up a CBD shop in the cannabis space, Instagram at local CBD shop. Or you can find ourselves on Instagram, the underscore mob show.